Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, guys, we're going through 1 Thessalonians. We're up to chapter 2. We're looking at the issue of faith in uncertain times. So as we've been going through it, it's interesting that Paul starts off this letter to the Thessalonians talking about the message of the gospel. We say, well, George, you know, hey, I want to know how to live in this, and and you're just going back to the basics of our salvation. What's that got to do with anything? Well, I think if you understand the gospel and understand the message that you've accepted and the impact of that on your life, you will then begin to understand how to live in these uncertain times. Do you understand what I'm saying? You'll begin to understand what's happening around you, especially if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. You'll begin to understand, we're going to talk about it today, especially why people don't necessarily like what you believe. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that? You talk to people and you say, hey, I'm going to church. Man, it's a really great church. And, and, uh, man, the people are great. And it's been really, really speaking to my heart. And they're like, who cares? Or they got another, or they say things you can't repeat. Or they don't say anything. Is that just my experience? I mean, I remember, man, how long ago was that, Lori? I know it's been almost 20, it's probably been 18 years ago. We, uh, we lived in a, we lived in this house that we rented in Canada. And some neighbors moved in the next door, and they were really excited and happy and, and real friendly and just talking and wanting to be neighborly until he said, what do you do? And I said, I'm a pastor. Folks, they never talked to us again. I mean, I'm in the IGA. He's standing right in front of me at the same checkout lane. And he's turning around looking, and there I am, and he doesn't even say hi to me. I'm his neighbor. That's uncertain times, isn't it? How how do we live there? Why why is that happening? Well, we're going to see why today. Because we're going to see what it means to receive the message. We're going to see what it means for you to to be impacted by the message. We're We're going to notice a personal impact. We're going to see how the message responding when you gave your heart to the gospel. We're going to see what the impact was for your life, but we're also going to see the social impact. Do you understand? Because when you respond to the gospel, there's going to be a social impact. And we're going to see what that is. So let's look together. We're just going to look at four verses this morning, verses 13 through 16 of chapter 2 of 1 Thessalonians. Look at what Paul writes. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not 
as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. For you, brethren, became imitators of the church of God, which are in Judea in Christ Jesus. For you also suffered the same things from your own countrymen, just as they did from the Judeans, who killed both the Lord Jesus and their own prophets, and have persecuted us. They do not please God and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to Gentiles, that they may be saved, so as always to fill up the measure of their sins, but wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. Here's what's going on here. We're going to see that personal impact, verses 13 through 14, and then we're going to see the social impact, verses 14 through 16. So let's talk about the personal impact. First thing I want you to notice, look at, look at what he says there. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because you receive the word of God. Here's what's going on. The personal impact of you and I responding to the gospel is this. It produces thanksgiving. It results in thanksgiving. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that when you come to Jesus Christ, there are people who are excited about that in your life? The, the, your, your, your loved ones who know Jesus, or you maybe have friends who know Jesus, and when you tell them that there was a moment when you gave your life to Christ, they're like, wow, that's great. They're excited for you. There's thanksgiving that comes from them because of the fact that you finally have opened your eyes to the truth and you've responded. That's what Paul's saying here. Whenever he thought about the Thessalonians and the fact that they responded to the gospel, he was thankful. He was thankful for them. Why would he be thankful? Because by their responding to the gospel, they were no longer going to hell. They were no longer going to suffer the wrath of God. Do you know what I'm saying? Let me ask you something. Do you, do, when you hear of somebody who finally, like you hear a report and somebody says, oh, well, so-and-so got saved. Do you do this? <sighs> well, that's interesting. Or are you thankful? When you hear that somebody who maybe deserves to be punished gets saved, how do you respond? Are you angry? Or are you thankful? Do you understand? It should result in thanksgiving. The impact of the message is on your life is that you are thankful when people open their eyes to the gospel and they respond. That's the reality. Here's the second thing it says. Look with me. Verse 13, the believer understands the gospel is truth. See, when you respond, you come to a place where you understand that the message of Jesus Christ coming, living among us, dying for our sins on the cross, in your place, being buried, resurrected, coming again, that message... It's truth, and you understand that. Do you understand what I'm saying? You come to a, to a place in your life, it's like your eyes open up all of a sudden, and you come to a realization, wow, that's truth. I need to embrace that. 
That's what the impact is, is you understand like you've never understood before. I'm accepted. I'm forgiven. I'm clean. He did it for me. I didn't even ask Him. Do you understand what I'm saying? You begin to realize, you begin to understand that this is truth. That's the impact. And it impacts you. Now here's the sad thing. I'll just be flat out honest with you. There's a lot of people who think they're saved but maybe are not saved. What do you mean by that, George? Because what they did was is they prayed a prayer. And in their mind, they thought the prayer saved them. They thought their action of praying a prayer saved them. But if you talk to them and ask them what their understanding is of the truth, they have no understanding of the truth. They have no comprehension of what Jesus did for them. They just know that somebody said to them, do you want to go to hell? What if you die today? Do you want to go to hell? And does anybody really want to go to hell? I mean, yeah, there's the occasional guy that says, oh, it's going to be a great party. That's just foolishness. But if you ask most people, nobody wants to go there. How do I get out of that? Pray this prayer. You don't have to have any understanding of what Jesus, who he is, and what he did for you to pray a prayer. Do you understand? But see, when you respond to the gospel, when you come to a conclusion that this is truth, there's an understanding that you never had before. And you understand who he is. He's the God of the universe. The second person of the Trinity. Jesus. Dying for me. Accepting me. Man, what an impact that is. And it just doesn't settle there. What else happens? Look at the third thing he says there. In fact, let's just look at what verse 13 says and I'll give you my point. Which also effectively works in you who believe. What's he saying there? I'll just read the first part of that. The Word of God which also effectively works in you who believe. Here's the other impact. Truth comes alive in the believer's life. Truth comes alive in the believer's life. What are you talking about, George? Truth comes alive. Well, here's the thing. When you understand truth and you embrace it, and you accept Jesus as your Savior, and you, you, you say to him, Jesus, I commit my life to you. I'm going to follow you by faith. You are my hope. You are my all. You are my salvation. And you are saved. And you then begin to read God's Word. His Word comes alive to you. It begins to show you things. Shows you things how to encourage you. Shows you things... Are you ready for this one? Are you sure? Shows you things you need to change. Because you realize when you read the pages of it, you're like, oh, I don't like what I'm seeing. You say, really, George? Listen, folks, I have seen people who, who do not know Jesus, who read the same Bible, who come away from that and says, that's just a bunch of gibberish. I've read through the Bible. I've heard them. I've heard them on NPR. I've read through the Bible. Didn't get anything out of it. Well, I can tell you why. It didn't come alive to you. You weren't impacted by the truth. 
See, when you get saved, you get a new mind, you get a new understanding, and you begin to see things. You don't need to have some preacher show it to you. God shows you. And it impacts your life. See, it's more more to it. When you receive the message, the impact of that is tremendous. It's real. Hey, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm just going to be flat out honest with you. This is for me and it's for you. So I'm not talking down to you. I'm right there with you. Okay? I'm right there with you. So here it is. I'm going to sit down here with you. If you don't desire to read God's Word, there's a problem. Did you hear me? If you don't desire to read God's Word, there's a problem. What do you mean, George? Well, it's like this. I've been married to this uh, beautiful lady for 21 plus years now, okay? And if we don't talk to each other during the day, or let's say we go a whole month without talking to each other, do you think there's a problem? I'd almost guarantee you there's a problem, okay? God speaks to you through his word. If you have no desire to read his word, it's like you're saying you don't want to hear from him. Did you hear what I said? If there is no desire to read his word, it is like saying you don't want to hear from him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Let it sink in. Because the impact of the message isn't just that you got saved. The impact is so much more for your life. God speaks to you. Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. Look with me at verse 14, first part of it. For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God, which are in Judea in Christ Jesus. What's going on here? Imitators. What does that mean, George? Well, the gospel, here's the impact. The gospel impacts believers to change their lives. Here's what's going on. He said to them, we are so thankful because you responded to the Word of God and the Word of God was coming alive in your life and it resulted in you wanting to be like your brothers and sisters in the other churches. They didn't have to be told to do that. Did you know that? They didn't have to be told to act a certain way. It's because they came to Jesus, they were genuinely saved, God's Word was effectively working in their hearts, it resulted in changed lives. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you know Jesus, you're not going to be comfortable with where you're at. Do you know what I'm saying? If you're comfortable with your attitudes towards people, if you're comfortable with your wrong actions, there's a problem. Do you you know what I'm saying? If you're not bothered by your stuff, did you hear what I'm saying? If you're not bothered by your stuff, there's a problem. And we all got our stuff, don't we? 
So let's quit making excuses about it. See, the gospel impacts our lives to change us. Now, it's a process. Did you know what I'm saying? It's a process. Now, does everybody understand that? And, and aren't you glad God's patient with you? You know, do you know what I'm saying? I mean, he's not a drill sergeant. He's, he's, not, he's not the boss who wants the change to happen yesterday. God's patient with you, but he wants you to allow the message, to allow the gospel to impact your life to change. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? That's the impact of the message. That's what he's saying here. Now you say, okay, George, well, hold on. Man, this is really good, but what in the world has that got to do with faith in uncertain times? It's got everything to do with faith in uncertain times. Because what he's talking about here is, is the way you live your life in uncertain times. And the strength that you find to live your life in uncertain times. Did you understand what I'm saying? And you've, you've got to let the gospel impact your life. You've got to let the gospel, the forgiveness, the acceptance of God, change you. Change what you're doing. Change those habits. Change those wrong attitudes. Learn to forgive. We mean learn to forgive. Come on now, folks. I'm human. You're human. Kent, has anybody gone all life without somebody doing them wrong? You're like, what week? What day? Yeah, that's exactly right, isn't it? What day? Here's what he says in his word. Forgive as I've forgiven you. Seriously. That's what it means to live in uncertain times. You allow God's life to impact you. Let me just stop for a moment. I just got to say it. You and I are without excuse. We do not live in China where we have to bury our Bibles just to have one. We don't have to worry about somebody breaking into our house and telling us to convert to something else or chopping our heads off. You don't, you, you, you and I are without excuse. We've got Bibles. You've got a Bible in your hand. You, if you've got a smartphone, you've probably got a Bible app. There are Bibles on the back table. If that's not good enough for you and you want extra large print because you can't see anything, we'll buy you one. And there's all kinds of resources There's the daily breads. There's the, the devotionals on the app that we have here at the church. We are without excuse, folks. The gospel, and, and we went, oh, I wish God would just work in my life. I just wish he would work in my life. I haven't seen God work in my life lately. Is there any reason why? It's gathering dust on some shelf in your house. You're not reading it and letting God change you. That, that's the impact of it. You know, do you know what I'm saying? If you want to be changed by the Word, do you want to be changed by God? How about let Him change you through His Word? And trust me, it isn't going to happen overnight. 
boom, I read it. Oh, I'm different. No, no. It takes place over time. But he'll change you. That, that's the impact on your life. Would you say, oh, George, there's a social impact. Well, yeah, he goes on and talks about that in verse 14 to 16. He talks about them suffering. He talks about them persecuting. So here's what I want you to see. Look with me. Verse 14, notice what he says. For you also suffered the same things from your own countrymen, just as they did from the Judeans. So here's what he's saying to the Thessalonians. He says, Thessalonians, you are suffering right now at the hands of your own folks in your own town who are people just like you, just like the early, just like that first church in Judea suffered from their own countrymen. What's the point he's making here? Here's the point, and you need to clue in on this, is that not everyone will be happy about your decision to follow Jesus. Did you hear me? America's got to wake up to that. Excuse me, the American church has got to wake up to that. The fact of the matter is, is that not everyone will be happy about your decision to follow Jesus. Do you know what I'm talking about? If you haven't clued in yet, it's a reality. Not everybody's happy about your Jesus. Not everybody's happy about you wanting to commit your life to follow him. In fact, some of them will go so far as to get you to give that up. Here's the thing. Look at verse 15. Who killed both the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us. They do not please God and are contrary to all men. What's he saying here? Your decision to follow Jesus will result in persecution. That's a fact. You need to understand that. I told you, not everybody's going to be happy. And the reality is, is that your decision to follow Jesus will result in persecution. You've got to understand that. We have got to quit living in this world that says this is a Christian nation. Folks, it's only Christian in name, not in reality. And when people say, God bless America, you've got to understand, the God they're talking about is not your God. And they look at you and say, well, you're just kind of overboard on that Jesus thing, aren't you? And you will have people who will mock your faith. Now, they won't do some of the outright persecution because that's not our culture right now. Could get there. Do you understand? Could get there. Don't think that we're exempt from that. But the reality is, is throughout the New Testament, throughout the Gospels, Jesus himself said, if you follow me, you will be persecuted. You think if they persecuted the master, they won't persecute the servants as well? Folks, we're servants to him. That's the social impact. It's not everybody's going to be happy, and I'm going to be honest with you, they will persecute you. They will. Now, here's the problem. we got a hard time with that because we want everybody to love us. Have you noticed that? We want to be everybody's friend. And, and it's okay to want to be everybody's friend. But I'm going to be honest with you, folks. The reality is not everybody wants to be your friend if you know Jesus. Do you know what I'm saying? And here's the third thing he says here. 
you, look at verse 16, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they may be saved. What's he talking about? You will feel an intense pressure not to share your faith. Have you noticed that? First of all, you know that you got people who aren't happy with the message and it's impacting your life. They don't really care about your decision to follow Jesus and they are suddenly persecuting you and then eventually they're just going to be like flat out saying, you need to just not share that. You need to just be quiet. It's okay for you to have that to yourself, but you don't really need to share that with anybody else. I've had people tell me that. Some of you have had people tell you that. Some of you have had people say, I don't really want to hear it. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you have had people tell you, you know what, that's yours, but don't you share it with somebody else. Don't share it with them. I don't want to hear that you shared it with them. You've been told flat out not to share it with certain people. That's the social impact. Now, do you understand why we got to, why we wonder what, what it's like to live in uncertain times? It's because, here's the fact, some of the uncertainty is because of the world that we live in doesn't like the message that you've accepted that's impacted your life. They don't. Then finally, here's what he says. This is to give us all a perspective of what's going on. Because you can sit there and say, why are they doing that to me? Why, why, why don't they see? Well, what's going on here? Why, well, you know, I just want everybody to love me. Why is this happening? Look at what he says there, verse 16. So that, so as always, to fill up the measure of their sins, but wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. What in the world is he saying there, George? Well, Here's what I want you to see. Their persecution only confirms their judgment. See, when they persecute you, it's only reflecting the reality of the fact that one day they're going to be judged. They're just only, they're just continually adding to their list of stuff that they will be judged for. Do you understand what I'm saying? They're just adding to the offenses that God has against them. That they refuse to even hear the message of salvation, to bring themselves redemption. By them rejecting that and them them deciding to take it out on you, because that's what they're doing. They're taking out their anger at God on you. Do you understand that? It's only confirming the fact of where they're at and their problem. They are alienated from God and they're facing his wrath. Do you understand me? That's what he's saying here. That's the social impact. Now, we'd love to say that everybody would get excited. We'd love to think that if, 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 if people embraced Jesus, that everybody out, everybody in Kerwinsville is going to be like, oh, let's stop what we're doing and clap. Seriously, they, they can't even do that for anything in town. Even if the football game is won, nobody stops and says, Wow! You still got somebody, well, they didn't play good enough. Did you know what I'm saying? That's just not normal. But we've got this expectation. We want everybody to be, woo! It's not that way, is it? Why? Because people are alienated from God. 
Do you realize that? And they are rejecting him, and as they reject him, they're going to reject you. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.